0: and produced by the Dougie Center for Grieving Children and Families in Portland, Oregon. Is it just me, or is the advertising slam that usually happens just before Mother's Day a little less intense this year? Ads for buying flowers, jewelry, and treating mom right have been replaced by articles about coronavirus and ads for face masks. It's not really the greatest trade off. Mother's Day is happening soon here in the U.S. on Sunday, May 10th, and it's a holiday that's complex under the best of circumstances. Even if no one has died, there can be many layers for many people. Conflicted relationships, infertility, mental health challenges, substance use, there's so many factors that complicate our relationship to this day and to the concept of mother, motherhood, and mothering. There's also the fact that both Mother's Day and Father's Day are extremely gendered and don't make space for non-binary folks and others who don't identify with one of those terms. Add in grief and, well, listeners, I don't have to tell you how bumpy and rough the emotional landscape can get around this holiday. It's bumpy for children of all ages who are grieving the death of a parent or parents grieving the death of children, including those who lived only in their hopes and their dreams for siblings wanting to support their grieving parent, for widowed parents wanting to support their children. Basically for anyone and everyone grieving the idea of what it means to be supported and nurtured. It's one day out of the year, it's 24 hours. But the significance of this day is so much more than that. I'm also thinking of how racial bias and inequity in healthcare has led to higher rates of women of color experiencing miscarriages, stillbirths, and also dying during childbirth. And this results in disproportionate numbers of people in communities of color carrying grief into this holiday. In the current circumstance of the coronavirus, I'm thinking of people who are facing their first Mother's Day without their person and struggling to figure out what to do in the face of so many social and physical restrictions. I'm also thinking of those of you who have well-established traditions for this day and can't do what you would normally do because of those same restrictions. Today's guest, Chloe, is a high school junior coming up on the third Mother's Day since her mother, Danielle, died of colon cancer in June of 2017. Chloe, who is 17, was 13 when her mother was first diagnosed and 14 when she died. If this story is starting to sound familiar, it's because I talked with Paige, Chloe's stepmother, back in episode 143. If you missed that one, be sure to go back and listen. Chloe and I talk about Mother's Day and what it's like to honor her mom who died while also celebrating Paige's role as another mother in her life. Chloe, thank you so much for being part of Grief Out Loud today. Oh, no problem. I'm like extremely
1: excited to have this opportunity. I've never have had an opportunity where I can talk about like my personal experiences. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm just really grateful for your willingness to be on the show and listeners. Also, uh, right next to Chloe is her cat, Luna. So if you do hear any purring or meowing or anything during the recording, (laughs) that's just Luna trying to be part of the conversation. (laughs) So Chloe, we are, uh, today's the last day of April, April 30th, 2020. We're like, I don't know how long we're into this pandemic, two months, two and a half months, and you're a junior, finishing up your junior year in high school, and just like Briefly, what's coming up for you in your grief around this time, if anything? Well, mainly it's
1: it's upsetting because, like, you can't go out and um, we're put in this situation where we have to adapt and we don't have, like, we don't have time to prepare because nobody saw this com- coming. During this time, you realize, like, not how alone you are, but, like, how you can't really go out and like live your life, it has to be put on hold for a minute. Like my friends, like I'm missing them. Like I miss school in general because like it gave you like time to be social and then you were actually able to interact with the teachers if you didn't understand assignments because now we have to do online school.
0: Mm. So a lot of things that feel out of your control and you don't have a lot of choice around, which Mm -hmm. to me sounds so similar to how a lot of people can respond when someone in our life dies, that it's out of our control and we don't have any choice. Uh, And things can feel really kind of unpredictable in that way. The other thing going on at this time, because we are just about to hit May, is Mother's Day is coming up. And Mm -hmm. that's one of those holidays in grief that can just have a lot of weight and intensity to it. And I'm curious for you, like, how did you used to spend the holiday with your mom? And how has it changed for you now? We,
1: like, every single year, we do the exact same thing. And we would always, like, either go to a park or a pier. Or we'd go like to a playground, especially whenever my little sister came along. She, We would always go to the playground. And my mom always had like these, they, she called it like her signature snack. And she would have like these little wheat thins and she would uh, microwave like cheese on top of them and she would slice tomatoes and put them on top. So it was like this cute little hors d'oeuvre. But, um, <laughs> uh, and then we would come home and we would watch like Will and Grace because I was like her favorite show. Live in her legacy. I mean, we still do the same things. Like we watch Will and Grace and we make the little orders. And then we, instead of like, sometimes we go to the park or pier, but we get like balloons and like, we write like notes on them. Like we love you and we miss you. Or like, like, sometimes like I write like what's going on in my life or what I wish I could tell her. And we would like release them around sunset in our driveway or whatever. And they would just like, my little sister, she was really young whenever my mom passed. So she never really experienced the whole one-on-one Mother's Day with her. So whenever we do it, she is really emotional. But yeah, we, we basically celebrate the same that we did whenever she was alive.
0: What's the day like for you? You mentioned that for your younger sister, Olivia. She gets really emotional because she didn't have a lot of in-person time with your mom before she died. How does the day feel for you? Well, the day for me, it's
1: it's different, but it's not different at the same time. It's like, I grief on that day, like I'm upset and everything. Cause like, I wish I was spending the day with her, but it's been almost like three years. And like, you'll never like forget like your memories with your parents or like with your loved ones, but like kind of having them, like their presence around you, like over time, like. Just for me personally, like, I kind of forgot what it felt like. Mm. I know I'm missing her, but I can't really recall, like, what it would feel like if she was with me right there in that moment. So for me, it's more of, like, like I'm upset because, like, I wish I could spend the day with her, but at the same time, I kind of forgot what it was like to spend the day with her. You can't really, like, bring back old memories, but you also can't relive them. You can't really, after a while,
0: feel this thing. Yeah, it's almost that idea that you can recall the memories, right? Like you know your mom loved Will and Grace and you can remember watching that show with her. You can remember her making her favorite snack and eating that with her, but you can't really like feel what it was like to be with her. Exactly. It's because you get
1: used to like her not being around for so long that you just kind of forgot what it felt like.
0: And you have another aspect of your personal story where – you have a stepmom Paige, who listeners you might be thinking like oh this sounds familiar because i interviewed Paige a few episodes ago <laughs> um so we heard about it from her perspective of being your step parent your stepmom and and what is it like for you like your mom danielle is no longer here you honor her on mother's day is there a way that you also celebrate Paige as being in a in a mothering role for you
1: oh most definitely like I met Paige right around my mom getting sick. It was like right after she got diagnosed. She she's not like my biological mother, but she has a huge mother role on me and Olivia. But we on Mother's Day we this this Mother's Day she has to work, but normally we like we go out for walks or we go and get fly, uh, go to the store and get like flowers for her or me and my dad will go to, um, well, it's closed now, but Hallmart. we're going to get, like, a, a nice card and chocolate and stuff like that, and we'll, like, watch movies, and I'm, I'm grateful for everything that Paige has de- done, because, like, her coming into, like, our situation, knowing what we were, what we were going through at the time, and she, like, stayed, and, like, was a huge encouragement, and was like very uplifting. So she is a big like motherly role.
0: I've talked with some other teens who, when they do have other parents who come into their life as a step parent or partner of their, Mm -hmm. of their parent, there, there can be this tension of like, I want to connect with this person, but then I also feel like maybe I'm betraying my parent who died. Has that been a part of your experience at all? Like maybe feeling guilty or
1: I have felt guilty at some points like feeling like I'm connecting to her like I like used to connect to my mom and I felt like that was like unfair for her because I felt like she should have been in that situation and me and her should have been the one that were like making all these memories and stuff because you don't really realize like until your parent is gone especially like whenever you're in high school you don't realize all the moments that you wish your parents were there for prom or homecoming and I feel like my mom personally would not want anybody else except for Paige to fill her position.
0: That seems too like you have the sense that your your mom would like, quote unquote, approve of Paige.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like that my mom wouldn't want anybody else in my life ex- or anybody else in Paige's shoes except for her.
0: And, you know, we know your mom liked Will and Grace. We know about her favorite snack. Like what else – would you want the world to know about your mom, Danielle?
1: Like some people say like their parents were like one of a kind, but like my mom was like, she was not afraid to be herself. It doesn't matter where we were, if we were in a car, or if we were in a grocery store or a restaurant, like she was always herself and she did this really funny and, she used to do this thing whenever, like, we were in a grocery store, and if her favorite song would come on, it didn't matter who was in the aisle. She'd, like, start, like, grabbing stuff off the shelves and dance with it. She used to be, or she was a ballet dancer, and she used to, like, pr- like dance with the cereal or something while she's walking down the aisle. She was, she was very prideful. Like, she was not afraid to stand up for what she believed in. She always loved and cared for you. It didn't matter what was going on, and she... This is like very outgoing. Mm. She had a she had a lot of friends. So like some nights, like her friends would come over. And, like I was friends with her friends because her friends were like childhood friends, and like they were around since I was born. So we all kind of like grew up together because my mom had me at such a young age. So like I feel like it was kind of a good like it was a good experience to have, especially like me not knowing like from the beginning like this was going to be the outcome like her passing away. But like with me and her growing up together, I do feel like we've had like these moments that are just, like, so special and, like, one of a kind. And if your parent had you, like, in their, like, 40s or something, like, you wouldn't feel that same way because your parent's already, like, grown.
0: And you were 13 when she was first diagnosed with cancer, and and she died when you were 14. What do you remember about finding out about her illness and, like, how that experience was for you during treatment?
1: I remember – From the very beginning, like, whenever she first started getting sick, I can't, I think I was, like, 11, maybe, and they first diagnosed her with Crohn's disease, and then, like, later on, like, two years later, they found out it was colon cancer, and I remember, I wasn't there the day that she got diagnosed with it, but I was, like, there the next day, and I just remember, like, from then on out, like, I'll meet her, would we used to always go, like, to, like, her doctor's appointments together, <laughs> I used to always like she used to always let me like skip school to go with her to her doctor's appointments. She had to get chemo and I remember she, her sitting like in these chairs and the nurses were extremely nice and they and they like hooked her up to like this ivy thing at that time. I didn't think of like anything differently like i like I felt like it was normal, but for like someone being that young and thinking like seeing their mom like that was normal it was just like a weird circumstance that you had to come like that you had to make knowledge of, like especially me being
0: older now. Like it was just what was happening?
1: Yeah, and like you just, and like at that point, like I thought that was no- normal. But like now that I'm grown, it was kind of like sad seeing that, like my childhood being like, kind of like that was my normal. Because I used to go like with her like once a week to her doctors. She, she went multiple, two three times a week, but I used to go like once a week with her because I couldn't miss, miss that much school.
0: Do you have a sense, I know it's been a few years of what helped you during that time when your mom was going through treatment like from the other adults in your life or from people at school or maybe what didn't help what you needed that you didn't get
1: I remember like at the time one of my teachers she was extremely helpful she was like my she was my seventh grade science teacher and she was like extremely sincere like she she knew everything that was going on and she was like the I don't think she's the only teacher that knew but she was the only one that would like talk to me about it and ask like how i was feeling like she she was the only one that like went out of her way to make sure i was okay and i have like this lifelong best friend known her since birth like during that time period we were she was always there for me because like her my mom was like her other mom so we were always there for each other and anytime like i was upset or i needed to talk like i would go to her and Same with her because she was going, she wasn't going through the exact same thing I was going through, but she was hurting too. And like a bunch of my, a couple of my mom's friends that I'm really close with, they would reach out to me and like take me out to lunch and we would talk about it. We would just ask how each other, how we were feeling and basically how to like, at the time,
0: get through it. So you had a number of people who were able to reach out and really make that emotional connection with you. Who, who was it the hardest to talk to?
1: I think the hardest it was to talk to like the person who was the hardest for me to talk to was probably my dad. Me and my dad have a really good relationship, but me and him never like have an emotional relationship, if that makes sense. Like I never really talked to him about like my feelings. I mean, we still haven't even opened up completely about my mom. Like we still haven't even had like the sit downs conversation and talk about like how he felt in that time frame because, I don't know, it was just, like, the whole time it was going on, like, he was very quiet, which is, like, understanding because, like, they had, like, a life together. And I know it was hard for him, but I would normally talk to, like, if I had like at the time because me and Paige were, like, still getting to know each other. If I had to, I'd talk to Paige. But me and my dad, it was the hardest to talk to him about it because, like, he would never really be – Open, I feel like it actually like it hurt him, and he just didn't want me to see him like hurt because like he's supposed to, he's a dad like he's supposed to be strong for everyone. So keep it together.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's such a common thing I hear from teens and kids. Like the sometimes the hardest people to talk to are the people we're the closest with day to day. and that not talking to people maybe like teachers or a friend who's a little bit more removed, but we already have that kind of pattern of connecting emotionally. Almost easier. Mm-hmm. Is that a conversation that you hope to have with your dad someday?
1: Yeah, I hope to. Whenever like I get, I hope to whenever I get older. I mean, it's been like it's almost been three years, but I mean, it's not still like fresh, but like it's still like a lot to take in. And I feel like, like I would give him more time if he's not ready. And then like for me, like I don't want to like sit there talking to him and then like he can't understand what I'm saying because I'm crying so much because I don't as I, I want to like have like an actual like one-on-one conversation and be able to like communicate and connect and like get across like how I'm feeling and I want him to do the same in return So like I feel like we like, kind of both need time to heal still
0: so it sounds like if your dad's listening to this episode a little more time yeah. <laughs> Just like maybe like a couple, like a year or so. We'll be good. We'll check, back in t- <laughs> we'll check back in 2021. Yes. I've been thinking too, Chloe, that, you know, you had a lot more years in your mom's physical presence and you have this younger sister, Olivia, who was really tiny when your mom died. And I'm curious what role or responsibility do you feel like you have in terms of supporting her?
1: um at first like it was more of a big sister role but over time like I kind of feel like a motherly figure my mom's mom so my my Grammy she always like tells me like I'm such a like I'm a mother like she she always yells at me because like Olivia does something and I tell her like how to fix it and she's like you're such a motherly like figure over her and I'm still like the big sister to her but also I have like mother mother boundaries I'm a little more strict than what a normal sister would be because, like, I'm kind—I'm of looking out for her as, like, as her well-being and stuff like that.
0: How about in helping her know your mom if she didn't get to have the same type of experience or mem- make memories with your mom the way you did?
1: Well, I tell her – sometimes I tell her stories. Like, if she asked me to tell her she's, – she's asked me several times to tell her stories about mom. And I, like, sat her down and we talk – I tell her stories and we'll talk about it. Like, after my mom passed, we kind of, like, went through her things over time. We didn't do it, like, right off the bat. But, like, gradually over time, we started, like, going through her things. And I got, like, her big jewelry box. And so, like, I kind of divided it with my little sister, Olivia. And, like, my mom loves scarves. I would give Olivia the scarves. And I have a Polaroid camera. And there's, like, a bunch of Polaroid pictures I have of, like, my mom and Olivia. And I, like, gave it to her. And she has, like, this, like, little book. For her, I I can't really speak on her part, but um, I know it's not easy for her because, like, she has her days. Some days she's, like, perfectly okay, and some days she's upset. Sometimes I'll ask like, sit her down, and I'll be like, what's wrong? Nine times out of ten, it's something to do with mom. Even though it could be, like, the slightest, like, difference in your attitude, like, it's just because, like, she has, like, that empty hole. I try to, like, to talk to her the best I can about mom, and I try to, like, try to make memories with her like that mom would make
0: with me. So kind of, kind of carry on those traditions with her. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that the tiniest little thing can sort of shine a spotlight on that, the missing of your mom. and. With Mother's Day coming up, I'm curious, like, how how are all, like, the advertisements and, like, social media? It's just everywhere, right? Like, Mother's Day, Mother's Day, Mother's Day. And what what's that like for you? What feelings does that spark?
1: It's, it's definitely, like, emotional. She's no longer here to celebrate it, celebrate the day with us. And whenever she first passed, like, a bunch of people, like, always told me, like, she's spiritually married. And I feel like, especially on Mother's Day, like I understand some people are very like spiritual, and they're like she's spiritually there, but it doesn't change the fact that she's not physically there. Me not being able to see like my mom on Mother's Day is, is very hard because it's just something that you grow up you you grew up doing, and the one person that you're supposed to celebrate that day with—it's like her birthday like the one person you're supposed to celebrate that day with is not there so it's kind of it's kind of like a false holiday
0: yeah that that day is there uniquely for this person in this role and you don't have that person
1: yeah and like there's like a bunch of stuff like I've had over the years like that like my mom has given to me and like I'll set them out cards or presents she would give to me like for my birthday like I still have like all the stuff like most stuff that she's given to me on Mother's Day sometimes like I wear like her jewelry or like the shoes shoes that she got me or a t-shirt or a sweater or something to like feel as if she's there with me.
0: Chloe what do you most wish your mom knew about? your life right now? You mentioned that on Mother's Day, you all will do like balloons and write messages. And just wondering like, what what do you imagine in this year, in this moment, you could tell her about your life?
1: Definitely how crazy it is right now, especially with work. I would just really like to tell her like, I'm doing good, like in school, like I'm still keeping good grades and still doing my work. And that Olivia is still being her funny crazy self. My mom has like these really big eyes. And my old sister hasn't. So like whenever she gets mad, her eyes like expand. I would like tell her like how crazy Olivia is and how much like her eyes look like her. And how much she acts like her. Cause they're both outgoing. I'm outgoing but like to an extent. Like, I'll sing and dance up a grocery aisle as long as I'm not alone, but I will not do that by myself. Like, I'll be too embarrassed. Like, <laughs> like, I I'll even say that, like, I'll be too embarrassed to do that. Um, I would. i would also tell them, like. Cause, like, this is like my actual first job I've had. I tell her, like, how my job's going. I got a car. And it works. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old car, so I'm just grateful it gets me to point A to point B. And um I have a journal that I write in. And so like most of the time, like especially like if something like crazy happened throughout my day, I like write down in my journal like my day and I'll kinda like act like I'm talking to mom. So
0: yeah. I love the image of your little sister's eyes <laughs> getting really big and <laughs> reminding yes. you of your mom when she would also have certain yes. feelings. <laughs> Most definitely. Well, Chloe, I'm. Uh, thank you for being part of the show and talking so much with me about your mom and about Mother's Day and just about what life feels like right now and and about grief.
1: Oh, you're welcome. No problem. I I like love doing this. <laughs> I thought it was fun.
0: And listeners out there, we are really grateful for you. Thank you for being part of our audience and for tuning in and for emailing me at griefoutloud at Dougie.org to let me know what the show means to you. That's how Chloe and her stepmom, Paige, got connected to the show. Paige reached out to me and said, here's our story, and we'd love to connect with you. So... If you have a story you want to share, please email me. And if you are interested in being part of the Dougie Center, who is the, that's the organization that hosts this podcast, our annual fundraiser is coming up on Friday, May 8th. So just a few days from now, and we're doing it virtually, just like everybody else is doing everything virtually. So that means that you, whether you're tuning in from Japan or Alabama or Alaska, you can come. To the event. So the first time ever. So that's pretty exciting. So, in the show notes, I'll put a link of how you can join us on May 8th uh, for our virtual fundraiser. So, thank you for listening, and we we'll hope you'll join us again next time.